Thanks be to God. The choir sings of Isaiah's prophecy about the coming of Jesus. And now we turn and read at least one of Jeremiah's prophecies of the coming of Jesus. Our second lesson comes from Jeremiah 33. I'm beginning at the 14th verse. Just three verses. Listen. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety, and this is the name by which it will be called the Lord is our righteousness. The word of the Lord. So one person says to another, did you hear? There's a tour you can take to see all the places where Lincoln was shot. And the second person says, well, I thought Lincoln was shot at Forge Theater in downtown Washington, D.C., No, the movie, Lincoln the movie was shot. There is a tour of all the places Lincoln the movie was shot. You've probably heard about it. Perhaps many of us have Lincoln on our minds today. Lincoln the movie on our minds. Lincoln the Steven Spielberg movie. Lincoln... The movie with Daniel Day-Lewis and Sally Field and Tommy Lee Jones. The movie that was shot almost totally in and around Richmond. That's getting such rave reviews. In fact, everyone's asking, have you seen Lincoln yet? And imagine that. All through Richmond, people are talking about Lincoln. (laughs) Richmond. Lincoln. (sighs) The days are surely coming. That's a phrase that could be applied to the whole Lincoln movie. See, Lincoln the movie is not about Lincoln and his impressive rise from his modest life in Illinois to his great stature in American history. Lincoln the movie is not about all the things he had to deal with with this very challenged presidency during the devastating Civil War, Lincoln, the movie, is about only four months of his presidency, from January 1865 to April when he was shot at Ford's Theater. Lincoln, the movie, is about just those first few months of his second uh, term in office and The movie is about how absolutely focused he is on getting one thing done. The passage of the 13th Amendment. The amendment that says no person in these United States shall be enslaved. So Lincoln, the movie, is about how the president persevered with a singular focus to accomplish the passage of the 13th Amendment. President Lincoln saw the 13th Amendment as more important than anything else. He lived with the sense that the days are surely coming. It was a sense of anticipation and crisis. 
that he had to seize in order to make it an opportunity. If he waited till after the war, it might take many years for that amendment to pass. The nation was in a quagmire. Politics were spinning out of control. Even his personal life, his family life, was in turmoil. But the days were surely coming. This is what he knew. It was a season of crisis and opportunity, and Lincoln could only live a certain way, get that amendment passed. It's a great movie, and you should see it. The days are surely coming. That phrase might also apply right to our days right now with our present situation. The fiscal cliff. You've heard of that, right? Every day this subject remains in the news. The president says this, the Congress says this, the other leaders say this, and then the experts are saying that. And all the while the clock keeps ticking on expiring tax credits and rising deficits and political posturing about priorities in order to avoid economic disaster. It's a pending crisis. We pray our leaders will compromise and figure out a way that is best for all and a way that it becomes a fresh opportunity for our nation. The days are surely coming. Perhaps you know something about this in your personal life right now. Perhaps this is a season when you're facing a decision when you're at a crossroads, when you have a conflict that is difficult for you personally, maybe it's a health issue that's looming in front of you or someone you love, and it's unresolved. It feels pretty critical that it gets settled for your well-being, whatever it is. Maybe it's your professional life, your personal sense of wholeness. Will the wheels fall off or will life take some other drastic turn or will the crisis find some resolution and become a new opportunity for you? The days are surely coming. The days are surely coming. This is a phrase that the prophet Jeremiah uses. And it's right in line with the kind of crisis that calls forth both anticipation and anxiety and fear, but also a possible new opportunity. See, Jeremiah, you may recall, was a spokesman for God in a very troublesome time. He was one of God's great prophets right here in the center of the Bible, 51 chapters from Jeremiah. We sometimes think of prophets as people who shout and scream and make us uncomfortable saying that the world is going to come to an end. We sometimes think of prophets as people who are trying to predict the future. Here's a better definition. A prophet is someone who has been called by God, someone who is filled with God's Spirit, And someone who speaks on behalf of God, helping us imagine, articulate, 
A different world, a better world, a world more aligned with what God intends. A real prophet lifts up the truth. The world is like this right now. Imagine if it looked like this instead. God's world. God uses prophets all through the scriptures to move the people and the world to a better place. A better realm, a realm of faithfulness, a realm of wholeness and peace and justice, a realm of light and hope for everyone. That's what prophets are about. A faithful voice that speaks God's words and asserts with honesty something like this. You're not living as God's people. You say you're God's people You talk like you're God's people, but do God's people hoard when other people have so much less? Do God's people kill and act like it's something God agrees with? Do God's people whore after other gods? Can God's people both sing praises to God and not love one another? This is what prophets are urging. See, it's about imagining another way in the world beyond the world which we know and live in. God's world of justice and God's world of joy and God's world of God's purposes. It's about getting our hearts right. It's about working for that world with lives that are more aligned with God's way. That's what biblical prophets seek to do. Uh, Imagine and inspire for God's people, God's kind of world. And in the year 600 B.C., that's a long time ago, 600 B.C., there was real urgency for God's world. So the prophet Jeremiah is called on the scene to speak God's word and imagine a new world. The land, see, given by God through all the generations had become a place of selfish gain. Those who had more were gaining. Those who had less were losing. It was not a place of justice. It was not a place of joy. The king, appointed by God, given by God for peace in the land and prosperity among the people, the king was continuing in a long line of corruption, no longer acting as God's agent for peace and prosperity for God's people. Evil, as the scriptures say, was prospering across the land. Not what God wants. The temple given by God for worship, for lives of faithfulness, for this vivid and powerful image of God in the midst of the people, the temple had become a place of mockery in 600 B.C. And most pressing in that day, the Babylonians were approaching from the north on the verge of conquering the land, the king, and the temple given by God. The days are surely coming. See, this is what Jeremiah is saying. The days are surely coming. This has been Jeremiah's message for months. He's been saying it on the streets. He's been saying it in the 
courts of the king. He's been saying it wherever anyone would listen to him. The days are surely coming when the Babylonians will come and conquer God's chosen people and will overthrow the king and will take the land and will destroy the temple. It was a fearful time. It was a tearful time, especially for the prophet Jeremiah, but actually for all God's people. And you know what? It happened. It happened, as Jeremiah said. The people didn't believe it. They thought as God's people, God would protect them. We're chosen, remember? God will protect us. Their king, he has been God's chosen one too. He couldn't be defeated. He was God's precious one. Couldn't be defeated by the mighty Babylonians for sure. The land Given by God a cherished bit of evidence of God's great blessing on God's people. That could not be lost, could it? But it was. It was. The Babylonians rolled over it. The temple, the beautiful structure for worship, sacked. The king taken away. The people carried away into exile for generations even. It all happened as Jeremiah had said it would happen. Here's also what happened. Jeremiah didn't just predict the demise of Israel and the land and the king and the temple, the hand of the Babylonians. He didn't just envision the fall. He also said more. You heard me read it. You heard it read as we lit the Advent candle. He said this, the days are surely coming. He said, the days are surely coming when I will fulfill my good promise to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at the right time, God will make a righteous branch shoot from David's line. He will do what is just and what is right. Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will be a place of safety. The Lord, our righteous Savior, will do this. That's what Jeremiah said. See, Jeremiah looked at what was happening, but he also looked beyond the demise of the land and the the loss of the king and the loss of the temple. He looked beyond even exile in Babylon, and he envisioned hope. H-O-P-E, hope. God would not let God's people go. God would not give up on God's people. With God, there's always a hopeful future. Jeremiah is saying this also. Here's the point. Life is full of ups and downs. Life is full of faith and faithlessness. It is. Life is full of joys, wonderful joys. Life is also full of difficult setbacks. It is. Life is full of successes and failures, good seasons and bad seasons, ebbs and flows. And much of it comes from our own doing. And much of it just comes. It's life. And foremost and finally, God never leaves us or deserts us. God keeps coming to us and caring and holding us no matter what. Life comes and goes. Life ebbs and flows. Yet our hope, our hope is in God. 
The days are surely coming, Jeremiah says, when the Babylonians will come through like a tsunami and destroy. And they did. But Jeremiah also knows and speaks about God's abiding faithfulness and promises. The days are surely coming. The days are surely coming because God also has the last word and there'll be hope in Judah and there'll be safety in Jerusalem and God always promises, I will never leave you desolate. We are God's people and God is faithful and merciful and God will not ever let us go. This is finally God's world and our lives belong to God and God redeems and holds and cherishes us and the whole world forever. So here we are on this first Sunday of Advent and we light the Advent candle of hope and we begin the church's year again. This is the first Sunday of the church's year and the gaze for this first Sunday is always as far as we can go. Way out into the future that God holds for our lives and our world. No matter where we've been, no matter what harsh reality we've been given, no matter how beaten down and despairing life can become, God promises never to leave us. God promises to come and set things right to restore life and hope. Our hope is always in God. That's the realm in which we live. We do not know necessarily the times when all this will be sorted out. We don't know, nor can we predict how it's going to unfold. But God comes. That's the promise. God saves. That's the promise. God sets the future. That's the promise. And our hope is in God. So as we move into Advent this year, 2012, with all the things that are going on, As we move into this season, how then do we live? How will you live? It's easy to get caught up in the pressures and the demands, the burdens and the obligations, the things that weigh us down, but we are never to lose sight of whose we are. Our hope is in God. It's easy to be filled with racing and going with fretting and discouragement with anxiety and nervousness about ourselves or about our loved ones or about our country or about our world. And we're never sure how it's going to unfold. But with God, every crisis is a new opportunity to see God at work, to prove that God never leaves us, to know that God has the final word. We so often forget that. The days are surely coming. Life can get awfully complex and awfully despairing. Circumstances that challenge us, issues that come our way, even the fiscal cliff, if we want to talk about that. But we are always called to lift our gaze and look out to the hope that God promises. God is our hope. God makes things right. We keep striving to trust that news and serve God with our lives. The days are surely coming. Life can get pretty discouraging. We can feel conquered. But our God never leaves us. Our God comes. Our God offers hope and light to our hearts, to our church, to our city, to our world. This is meant to be the tone for how we live. Hopeful people 
because our God comes. This is meant to be the tone for how we live, looking for God's coming and serving God as best we can with our very lives today and forever. May it be so. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray. We believe, O God, we believe in your hope, in your light, in your coming. Help our unbelief and move us to deeper places of trusting you and serving Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.